Galaxy episode two. I am D'Souza. I'm here with Rubik. Hello, Rubik. How are you doing today? Hey, mate. I'm good. Uh, good to be back and doing this with you again. How are you going? Good, good. Um, just kind of recovering from the the audio glitch that I I endured during the first episode. I need to kind of reel it back in a little bit here. Yeah. So what are we, what are we doing today? So uh, today we'll be talking a little bit about Momoguro, as well as the GameStop and Alluvium sale. We'll talk a little bit about Eridina Warrior and their tournament that's going on now, as well as the first season, um, what their prize pool is looking like. It's looking pretty spicy. Um, and yeah, anything else in between? Why don't we talk about Metamorph as well, the new partnership they announced. Do you think that was something we should cover? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually had that um, up on my screen this morning. I was taking a little deep dive into what it is they're doing and and things like that. Um, I, I took a look at it, and currently their page is showing that it's built on Unreal Engine and Polygon. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it doesn't look like uh, they have officially updated their their landing page to include Immutable yet, but that doesn't surprise me, showing that they just announced it this week. It sounds like one of those uh, deciding between Polygon and Immutable um, partnerships and going to go the ZKEVM route, potentially. Yeah. The one that Robbie was talking about with you know lots of partners deciding between the two of them. Absolutely. And, and, and I think we're going to see more of this as well uh, to, to come because you're going to have projects that are not quite sure where they fit as a game, uh, how they want to implement and things of that nature. Um, you may see games that or, or projects that start out one way, but then decide to kind of transition to a different style because of feedback from the community uh how how they see the environment changing all sorts of stuff so i guess uh for the first topic we can go ahead and get started um talk a little bit about momoguro um a little bit about what you thought of the game so far um is it is it what you expected and things like that? Um, so one of the things that I noticed uh, personally about Momoguro was the the style of game is is very specific to um, a choose your own adventure style story, and I grew up 
play or not necessarily playing but reading books that were kind of to this style um the goosebump books growing up uh they had a, quite a few of them that had chapters that you would kind of jump around in the book based off of um the choices you made of where you wanted to go next um and and that's something i noticed about momoguro as well there's certain parts in the storyline where you have to make a decision and it changes a little bit about the outcome of the game is that something you you you've seen before as well uh i've only seen one decision that was right at the start i'm only up to act uh, sorry act one season three is it or what is it uh chapter three act one so i haven't gone into it a lot because i haven't had a lot of time to to do it but yeah I, i i get that um what that it's very written, you know, like with the start of leading into it, the, there's lots of really cool music, you know, and I really thought that was going to be more of a, like, like voiced um, content with, with you know, like cool music, and it, there's actually no music, in it, and that's my biggest disappointment with it, like, but so far, I, you know, I find it a little bit um, simple, again, but the story, I probably should get into a little bit more, but I'm not fully into the story because it's a lot of reading. So yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't really expecting that. I, I agree. It, it, it definitely, um, harkens to the, to the reader in you. And, uh, I guess the imagination of the voices. Um, I, I was kind of hoping that there would be, uh, voices for the characters, uh, to be able to read through and things like that. Um, it, and like you said, it, it's a, it's a slow paced game and, and I, I was a bit surprised too. I saw that there, there's an audio, um, setting on the page and I thought that I had no audio for a little bit because I thought that it wasn't playing any of the music and. And really, there there isn't any, um, and I was I was kind of bummed about that. Also, yeah, remember we got the week before we got excited about the music, and we were like, you know, exactly, our, we were like, I can't wait for it to come out. And there's just this humming sound in the background the whole time. So it's really big disappointment for me because their music's really cool and catchy. Um, so look, it's a beta, so you know they're looking for feedback. I started filling out the feedback form. And I've got everything done except for the suggestions part because it's, I've got a lot to make. Um, the top of my head, uh, the music, um, the so much re- so much reading. Like I don't know, I don't want to read all that stuff to be honest with you in a game. It's just too much reading. Um, having to do the mummos every single time when I've only got a couple anyway. I'd rather there should be a button to reset and. Either keep the set your memo, sorry, your memo be set as it was last time, and and reset it if you want to reset it. But you stays the same, so you have to click all the time on recreating the memos. A little bit more understanding of what the impact is of the memos, um, and also the, the the spells that you got on them. I thought it was going to be like a battle game where you choose to use what spells when and things like that, like a little bit of a roguelite style game. It just seems so auto battler like very minimal game to it at the moment so 
that's my biggest criticisms. I hope they can that they'll take that criticism on board and work on it for the full release. Um, maybe that is in the plans. I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of that. Uh, we actually hoping to have someone on in the show soon. This is to yeah. discuss that more. Yeah, and and that'll be good. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to talk a little bit with the with the team about what their plans are and things like that. And you know, like you said, it's a beta and. Um, one, one thing I saw right off the bat was, um, people kind of up in arms over the prices they paid and purchasing more than one and things like that. Momoguro is not a game where you're going to have several of the hollow self and play several characters. It just isn't in the cards really because um as you're progressing through the game you're selecting um activities and um quests that i am currently on a quest that takes 12 hours and it's a passive quest there's no live feed of what your momo or your hollow self is doing um there's no um updates of what they've come across during their quest. Um, mm. And that's something that I was hoping we, that we would get um, as seeing as there is so much lore and story from the team. Um, I was hoping that, you know, there would be a, a post quest breakdown of hey your hollow self encountered this and they did this type thing and yeah i i, I would like it even more than that like there should be a little map yeah where you, like the nintendo old school mario games we used to have a little dot on the map and that but that dot represented an event yeah um or a map that you go into and and then i really expected there to be a little bit more decision making in the game itself like live or even just watching some kind of animation of you of the of the fight player it's just like hey you could fight and then it comes back with a return screen saying hey you won or you didn't win like there's nothing right. at all or and then you're gonna wait for all your momos to upgrade which is six of them i think is that right and and the whole seven with the hollow self so you're waiting there for those bars to upgrade like load and you want to see what they are so why can't you just get them all in one big screen if you want there's Correct. a lot of little things we can we can suggest to improve but it's it still is a cute game. It's, it's you know I still I still play it. You know I still just have a little you know log on once or twice a day and send my mamas off to do their little quests. And um, it's got potential, is what I think. And going back to what you discussed, mentioned before about the complaints, uh, I read a thread about you know a typical degen. Um, yeah. And it uh, you know making a baseless claims about not being part of Disney and not in all these stuff just so they can look like they're these, you know, marketers. Like they, yeah, it's, it's their fault, mate. They invested the money in something, in a game. People don't get it yet. PFP collection is completely driven by, by nothing other than people wanting to get rich. Games are driven by people wanting to have fun. You are not going to get rich playing computer games. I promise you that. You'll no one, sorry, someone individual might get rich yeah. out of playing a game. But a group, everyone by buying into a game is not is never going to get rich. It just doesn't, the mathematics doesn't work. I've a thousand percent. And 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 these projects are set up to where 
you know, we, we talk about owning our assets and things like that. And it's the content creators that are really going to win in these things. Uh, it's the people that are actually going out there and um, showcasing what these games are about and, and showing uh, their skill, their prowess and things like that um, to, to, to the communities. And when... Uh, when uh when we have uh that idea of like oh i'm gonna buy something with the with the idea of flipping it to make a profit and and something like that and like you said the the mentality of the pfp collection and things like that is hey i'm gonna flip this and and make a certain amount of money and and i actually found it kind of funny um because I, I I find humor in things of that I probably shouldn't, but I thought it was yeah. kind of funny that that people purchased a bunch of hollow cells and um, they didn't realize that a lot of the quests were like twelve hours and things like that. So for each hollow self, they have to go through and sit their character through this twelve hour quest. And they're like, it's not even sustainable for more than one character. And and the team has said that it was designed for a single hollow cell. Um, so it, it was pretty funny. Right. It's, uh, yeah, like, is it, that's little, I made a comment on Twitter about it was based off from um, from the feedback that I was getting from other gurus, you know, from the community, from the DJs, like the when Lambo Crusade, you know, say went when Lambo and sorry, the DJ and crew say when Lambo and I say when decouple. Like I just dream of the day when the PFP collector crew just are completely separate to gaming. It will come. There will be a day when gaming is just gaming again and we don't have to deal with people that just care about getting rich. Like it's that's what it is. I didn't get rich from this event from this actual thing that I thought I might and now I'm looking for things to say so I can make them look bad because I'm upset because I didn't get rich. That's why I read it, literally how I read it there. You know, like, sure, get get criticism here and there, but don't, don't make up stuff as well. Like, you, that's what they do. They say two things that might be true, like the game is garbage is what he said, which is I have a fair opinion. Like, this isn't a great game at the moment. But they say that Disney's not involved and they're nine-time Grammy right. Award winners is, is lies and all that stuff. It's, that wasn't true, but they, the people read the first thing and say that one's true, and then they think that they're telling the truth because they're mixing in lies and truth to make it sound worse to get their point across. And I just don't like people like that and don't think it's healthy for our environment. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when that type of uh, fallacy is used very widely in, in the uh, ecosystem... Um, you know, I, I see the, the keyboard warriors, uh, typing away, uh, you know, possibly they get one point correct and then they feel that that validates the rest of their claims. And that's definitely not the case. Um, and really, you know, it, I, I felt the team did a good job with, with handling it. Um, they, they really only had to time out like one person who was just aggressively over the top. And there's always going to be that person. And all the rest of the 
the people that had uh, something to say about it, they listened to and they they are open to the suggestions. And, and that's the biggest thing for me. Um, at the end of the day, I want to see the team be able to adapt and grow. And it looks like they're they're open to all these suggestions. And that's the biggest thing. Um, being open to the suggestions and not feeling like they, they are the team. So they, they get to choose what goes where and when, um, it's one of those things where, um, a lot of times it can be overwhelming for the team to get like, Hey, it's launch day. And, uh, all of a sudden you get a backlash. Um, and it, a lot of times that backlash can feel a lot louder than the people celebrating it. So it can feel like a very big disappointment. Mm. But uh, yeah. I think, what, I, I what think, do you think about the game? Like the future of it? Where do you think it's going to go? Do you think they're going to make it? Like, if you got any, like, what would you like to see? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel the game has a lot of potential. Like you mentioned, um, I feel that there's, a lot of room for growth uh, and, and taking, like I said, the story is, is amazing and the characters are great. Um, finding the, the people to, to do the voices, uh, finding the time to put in the audio or the, the music to go with it. That's where it's going to start to set itself apart from, um, I guess a passive, style um game that it is now uh i think that's the biggest issue for me that it's it's they've i think they've only been in development just over a year maybe not even a year um so they've rushed it out to get something out in the market which is kind of like what everyone asks for all the time if you remember in the community just get it out we want it now that's how often do you hear that from people yep um and but they've there's, there's low gameplay elements to it at the moment there's low effort gone into the music there's low effort gone into the into the diversity of the of the uh, images and video or all the story like there's just backdrops with a with your mama on there you know like there's not much effort there so they've just got bare minimum on everything and nothing really at the moment stands out as wow that's amazing if they just spent an extra six three to six months and put effort into either music going in or pictures going in like or video to tell the story or a little bit more to the game i think people would say okay there's we can see potential here a little bit easier but i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt i think they're a great team they've got the right the right attitude from what i can tell from speaking to them in personally but behind the scenes as well in chats um they're really keen on making this go big so they're not they're not going to just they, like like the claim that this is just a, a rug like you hear the typical rug comment that's not what this is. It's a. It's just. It was just get it out as quick as we can. I think, and and they've just missed a bit. Of, you know, one element that should have been a standout. Which is, you know, what do you do? You agree with that? Yeah, I, I totally do. Um, specifically, when you have, when you make the announcement early that like, hey, Disney is one of the the backers or something like that, it really sets the bar high, right? And then um, when you do have a smaller team that's executing on a on a sped up timeline that's when you get the result that you see now and 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 again i don't feel 
like I'm I'm sitting here holding punches against them. Like I feel that like I've I've said my piece about how I feel about it. And then at the end of the day, the team will show their true colors, if you will, on how they mm. go forward, right? And mm. and I think like within the next uh three to six months where you're gonna get updates to the game i think that's where we're gonna see the direction of the game start to change and and i'm looking forward to that because i'm not someone who's gonna immediately judge something off of again a beta all right so uh i think next up here we could talk a little bit about the gamestop and alluvium disc sale um I was super excited to to do this um, mm-hmm. as a as a huge GameStop supporter and and uh, Alluvium lover. Um, super excited to be able to, to participate in the in the special sale of these discs. Um, the there's twenty thousand of the discs that they released mm-hmm. at point zero two nine ETH a piece that was around $50 and um, each disc came with a pre-bonded Iluvatar inside that had special um, GameStop related items. And yeah. And you know, I, I was really excited about, about this and I was able Actually, I purchased five uh, discs and then um, sent one of the discs to a friend of mine. And um, so I opened the four and I got. Actually, I got three different variations of the Fire Doka, which I was happy that I didn't get um, any any uh, duplicates. Um, so I, I got the the voxel fire doka. I got the fire the sweating fire doka, and then I also got the original fire doka with uh, a special uh, upgraded background, and I also got one of the GameStop Archies, and. Cool. Yeah, I was super excited. I kind of sad I didn't get uh, Dash or or one of the the uh, links, um, but I I was happy. thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I was ha- sad to get that one. <laughs> yeah, I was sad I didn't get one of. You know what's funny is though, like I, I, it, even if I got one of those, I I think I I would have kept it. I don't think I would have sold it. Um, but. That's just the type of collector I am. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't buy one. Oh, you didn't? I, I, no, I um, I looked at it and went, mm, I, I kind of like um, have a, a kind of a new rule since which I'm trying to stick to that I don't buy NFTs until the game's actually out and usable. So I might, it might going to cost me in this one because Olivia could go to the moon if they if they get everything right, they execute right on their release. They've got a big following already, and they and they get the right momentum. Those GameStop Olivia are going to be worth heaps. <laughs> so yeah, 
you know, if it becomes like a, like an, you know, if they do crack it and become big, you know, a couple of hundred, you know, hundred million players or something, or fifty million players, on on their mobile based battle arena, like it could, it could be, you know, the, these Illumitars at the start could be worth a heap, but I don't know, fifty dollars. I thought about it when, you know, I'm just gonna sit this one out. I've never, I don't know, just had a feeling, just didn't do it. What do you think about me? Am I just not being a true supporter like I should be? <laughs> No, like, I, I mean, I, I feel you, like, if you did not, you know, if you are not into the Alluvium, like, that much, if you're not into, like, the Lubitars in general, um, I could see why you might have skipped it. Um, or yeah, the, the stupid thing is, I've, I bought, like, $100 worth of the original Phase 1 Alluvitars. <laughs> so, it was, uh, maybe it was the price point. But, yeah, um, and that's another thing, right? Right. Just one, you know. Yeah. Exactly, because that's that's a big point that um, you know a, a, quite a few people from the community um, have have been talking about at fifty dollars a pop, and there's only a single um, pre bonded Aluvatar inside. Um, mm. You know, there there was a a well written thread on Twitter and. You know, he the the Before person the, the person admittedly said that they were a, an Alluvium fan as well, and um, the way that they broke it down and and talked about fifty dollars being a lot for some people, and and the rate at which uh, you were likely to unlock something special was was pretty low, and mm-hmm. you know I I I feel that argument um and the alluvium team they saw that they they acknowledged it and um one of the things that they had to do as well is realize that this was not necessarily a planned release of of alluvatars so they had to actually um kind of rewrite the the structure, if you will, of how the Alluvium Beyond uh, game itself works, because each of the Alluvatars has um, a level, a power level, and then each of the um, accessories has a power level, which gives a total power um, rating, which yep. in turn is the collectability factor as well as as the rarity factor and things. So you know, having having that to deal with and as well um yeah I can see why they you know, why they did it and how they did it and things like that. And it's definitely something for them to learn from in in the future of how they price things and and at what you know, entry points. I, I think I didn't buy it because what stopped me from continuing to buy uh, Alluvitars after oh, I told you I bought the phase one ones is that I like it. It's like, it's the, the best gamification I've seen in web three. Like it's gamification is not very well understood. And I did I actually did a research section for a company I worked for. Um, and I found out about it like about 15 years ago, what gamification was and the example I was given to introduce me to gamification was the, the teacher, um, I think it was a YouTube channel or something, 
said that the first known official gamification was a ski resort where every time you did a ski run, you'd get a sticker. And if you got 10 runs in a day, you get bronze. If you got 20, you get silver. And if you got 50 runs, you'd get a, bro- a gold um, like medallion. You could go and cash those stickers in for a medallion. Oh, wow. And they said that people, skiers, that run was just packed full of people the whole day, just doing runs from the, getting up in the first thing in the morning and going and trying to get to that 50 runs in a day. I think I think it was 50 or 30 or something like that. I, I don't know. It was something that was doable, but you had to be really fast and just get on the lift straight away every all day. And it says this, this leaderboards and and um, uh, status. Humans are really attracted to leaderboard status, and um, and that's what gamification means. It means the ability to gr- to climb the ladder and be and get status. Yep. And, and obviously that was 40, 50 years ago. Uh, when this happened, and he said he he got a bronze sticker, and he still has it. Um, you know, he was like an old. Well, it was 15 years ago, so he would have been an older man, and it was a young fellow when he was doing it, and he still had that like um, a little uh, bronze medallion that he got awarded. It was just a stupid little medallion, but he just never got rid of it because it was something he reminded him of, and that's the power of gamification. And the Louvertards is the best gamification in the whole of I've seen in Web3. It's I don't know if you're doing it, but you go in and you get you add all your Alubitars to this this album and to get points, and you've got to unlock them all. And there's hundreds and hundreds of combinations yeah. to give you more points. And I found myself browsing, like looking what one I needed, then going to the to the to the um, uh, token trove and buying the ones I needed as well as the disc just to fill up those things. And I, and I ended up just having to make a decision to go at. Oh, this could cost me thousands of dollars if I keep going. Because <laughs> I, I get, I'm, I'm very susceptible to gamification. Yeah, and 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 that's exactly the thing. It's like when when you look at Pokemon and and you, they're like, gotta catch them all, and you know they're the gamification there of collecting all of the different Pokemon, even if you're not going to use them in a play deck, is yep. is something that is very uh, catchy and and. That's where I think a lot of Web3 games are missing the point of gamification. Like, collecting games are cool, yeah? This is where Illusion gets it right. If you just collected them and there was nothing else that came with it, it's just just the satisfaction of collecting. Yes, there's people that get addicted to that. But what they've got is that leaderboard for showing, for points so you can see where you're ranked and you get prizes and awards and status for, for climbing the ladder of, of collecting. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and that's a huge thing. Like having, yeah. um, having a PFP collection that has a power rating behind it so that you are able to show everyone else in the community how, how powerful your collection is, that is, yeah. is huge right there. Yeah, no, they're, they're clever boys, those uh, Warwicks, aren't they? Did, fun fact, did you know who their father was? The Warwicks? Yeah. Is Dude, don't tell me it's the guy from... Uh, <laughs> from uh, just tell me, because I'm going to make an ass out of myself if I say it. Because I, it, it, the one I want to say, uh, it's pretty funny. He's a no. He's a tennis player. One of Australia's best tennis players of all time. Okay, so it wasn't who I was thinking of. 
Um, there's an actor with the last name Warwick, and he's actually a he's a tiny person. He's a small person, and um, nah, we'll just leave it fine. at that. <laughs> and I know, I I know, obviously, looking at the Warwicks, that that's not the case. But um, it, I didn't want to say. <laughs> yeah, no, Kim Warwick is a, their father. He was a really like a top tier, top ten tennis player, um, and that's where they get their competitiveness from. From their father, you, you don't become a top ten tennis player without being super competitive. So, absolutely, um, no, I, I did not know that. That's that's a good piece of information, mate. Dropping alphas, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So, I think next uh, we can go ahead and talk a little bit about Eridina Warrior um, and what they are doing. It looks like the fifteen thousand dollar. Um, they're doing $15,000 tournament starting on the 30th. I think it's supposed to happen now, but there was a bug. So they're fixing the bug and they're going to restart straight away with eight hours notice. So anytime now. Yeah. I okay. Believe. Yeah. So actually I think they did fix, they patched the bug last night, my time. So it looks, oh. it looks like they might've done it. Cause I, I updated uh, yesterday evening for myself. Um, so hopefully that started. So I was able to play, I played like three or four games yesterday and, um, I'm, I'm really starting to dig the style of it. You get and understand it. Well, that's my, it sounds like it's going to take a little bit of effort to sit down and think about, uh, cause there's a lot of strategy to, to, in this game. Yeah. Two different strategy as well. It is, it is very strategy intensive. Um, you know, think uh, think chess, but like uh, quite infinitely more intricate because of the different attacks that can be done, as well as the spells that can be cast. Um, mm. So, for instant um, instant gratification, if you will, in in, in killing or um buffing or even protecting um one of your characters or one of the opponent's characters um okay. interesting so yeah but they, they, they still got this tournament now that's been also it was closed beta now they've made it open so anyone can play um right now can just log onto their website and open up and start playing to compete for that fifteen thousand. and and that's huge um, Hmm. But I did see also an announcement today or yesterday that their first tournament um, is going to be first season is going to be five hundred thousand dollars at the prize pool. Yeah, that's huge. That is uh, that's something that you you don't really see uh, from from the Web three community, or I haven't seen yet. a game really putting um, the prize pool as something very high to encourage a lot of uh, community participation. And um, I, I did see, you know, uh, actually Gods Unchained, they did um, a bit of like a, a marketing technique, if you will, when, when they did the card buyback. Hmm. But 
and and that was quite a lot of money that and they did it in a series of waves right so uh over a, a period of a week or, or a couple of weeks excuse me um they were purchasing back specific cards from uh gods and chain and you basically had to follow um a little puzzle to figure out what it what the next card was going to be and so each week they were buying back uh close to like ten thousand dollars worth of of cards you know and and it was really cool because it, it became a little game and with within itself of people in the community trading cards um crafting higher levels of the card so that you would get as, as much as possible so this is something uh that the web3 community definitely thrives on and that's that's a large prize pool and who doesn't like a, a large prize pool <laughs> I can't find it anymore. I'm just trying to look for it right now to make sure I'm not, um, you know, to just to make sure to back that up. Because you just, I thought you would have heard about that before. Um, maybe I've got scammed somewhere. <laughs> red. Yeah, possibly. I know. I know for a fact that they had the price pool was at ten thousand, and then a day or so later they came and they said, "Hey, we're going to make it fifteen thousand for this tournament." I, I found it. And there you go. So they have made an announcement on the 15th um, this, month, this month that it's $500,000, quarter four, 2023. So that's for season one. Um, season, this one is just a beta tournament for 15 grand, open, open for anyone as well. So Yeah, and that's huge. These, these guys just came out of nowhere, didn't they, really? I knew about them a long time ago. Um, I just kept an eye on them, and then when they announced they were on Immutables, when I started paying attention, because like you know, I like playing games on the on on the Immutable system, obviously. <laughs> so always pay attention to the games that are on Immutable, because at least they've got a smart brain in their developers and which direction they're going. And um, yeah, and it's just, it's just growing in me. Like it's the exact same kind of game that I like at, at this stage in my life. You know, just chill, turn based. Um, you know, that's a beat with the, compete with the fifteen-year-olds in their flex reflexes, and just use your brain, and um, you know, get challenged, and yeah, and the game it seems like a bit of a difference, to, like a mix of TCG and a war battler. So yeah, it's um, I'm excited for it. I'm going to start putting a little bit more time into it now. Yeah, and and I like too. Like it, it has the um, qualities of chess as well as uh, the TCG aspect of it. And one of my favorite games when I was a kid uh, was a chess game. And yeah. it was the reason I actually liked it The in reality was that when you were playing the game, every time you took out a, an opponent's character or vice versa, uh, when the pieces, you would move them to take out the character it would go to a cutscene and actually show the character or the the chess pieces transform into the representative characters that they were so like the rook would transform into this giant like golem type thing and yeah. uh and and the knight would transform into like a full on knight and they would battle and this is somewhat 
that style and it it's very nostalgic for me yeah i'm saying you get a nostalgic from a new game <laughs> oh so they um i mean obviously they've got a way to go to polish it all up but it's um you know if they get that that prize pool is going to draw players for sure um you know so they'll at least have enough players to get a game straight away when you're when you that's what i what's why i haven't put too much into it because when i have played this friction to get a game with someone i was just playing against myself you know i don't know if you've done that where it plays you play against yourself um if you don't go get matchmaking oh okay yeah i, ha- I haven't done that yet you probably don't have to worry about it because you americans or you know there's a lot of you <laughs> there's not a lot of us and that's what we have this problem all the time with games so because the population is only 24,000 million and not many gamers because we've got a lot of sun. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, no, it's, I feel it's, you. It's like when you're, when you're trying to, especially when it's in beta, right? And, and, or alpha, some, something like that. And, and you go to queue up for a game and you're just in a region that not a lot of people will have it or there's not a lot of population. You just might not have that many opportunities to to find a match. Yeah, and uh, so if it's a fast paced like Dota game, if you like, or a shooter game, you can't play in C where there is lots of people, even though we're in the same time zone. This the servers are so far away, like the pings, like just unplayable. Uh, it makes it not fun. So we're literally limited to Australians, pretty much. Right, and there's <laughs> not many of us, so. We have we do have to wait for a game a lot of the time until they become big. That's why lots of people play Dota League, you know, Fortnite here because they're the big games you can get in Apex. Right. Anyway, that's that's right. uh, being Australians. It's got its benefits, but it's also got its gaming negatives. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you on that. So I, honestly, I'm I'm really looking forward to what the team does over at, at Aradina and and how um how they execute on this. What they've done so far is is awesome. Um, I see a lot of potential with this game as well as um the staying power that this style of game has. So. I think one of the things we should talk about a little bit is um, cyber gals. We kind of broached the subject last week. Uh, this week they're this weekend they're doing um, a beta test, and uh, one of the things that I saw when I logged into the to the beta tests is first of all to to be able to participate in the league play you have to go to their dashboard and request um, on a test net. You have to request uh, US dollar or F, the fake US dollar coin and then swap that for the trouble token. And then once you do that, then you have to deposit that trouble token into basically their staking mechanism. Um, mm. It's a lot of steps. And... It sounds like friction. Yeah. I, I smell friction, mate. The, 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 the friction is like, I'm chafed. I'm, I'm very... <laughs> 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 I'm, 
that chase I can smell the burning. Yeah. <laughs> we need some we need some Crisco over here. No, like um it's it's a lot to have to jump through. Um and then there's also there was a lot of um there were a lot of like pop-ups that kept saying that like, hey, I, I didn't have enough of this currency or oh you can only claim that currency once per day and i had never uh requested to claim that currency so like it was constantly giving errors and um it it really wasn't user friendly and that's coming from someone that has usually has no problem jump navigating around uh this this ecosystem mm. Um, yeah, they, they um, it's it's like there's a, there was a comment I think we mentioned it before that um they mentioned that some of their contracts needed a, I think we mentioned it in the last episode that yeah. needed a bit more complicated than the zkbm sorry the StarkX, what a StarkX is capable of, so you know they probably looked at other partners and I, I saw Oasis courted them you know they're a Japanese company and Jap and Oasis is Japanese. And so they courted them and offered them all this money to launch their token. But um, their NFTs are still on Immutable at the moment. But then I just see recently that they've signed something with Consensus to be one of the first games on Consensus. So they're kind of like got Oasis, BNB, Consensus. And then they do a tweet saying, we've launched to you know early access and they've got all their partners and Immutable's not there. So... Is Immutable their silent partner in the background with just NFTs with, you know, to in-game gasless transaction NFTs and they're going to keep that or have they moved somewhere else? And I think, secondly, this is probably why ZK EVM can't come soon enough, just so that Immutable can be that one-stop shop for all the the companies, uh, the game's needs. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, we're we're getting to a point where... um, a lot of these games that are have been in development uh, for a while, uh, several years, and they have reached a point where they, they can't wait anymore or they don't want to wait anymore. And if they have a solution where they can um, deploy immediately, I think we see uh, a shift to doing so, you know? And hopefully... Uh, Hopefully, we see that work out. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lull in a few games that can't wait for the ZK EVM to come to do to, and what StarkX doesn't cover for them. The, the StarkX Immutable um, doesn't cover their they're all like it's not great with tokens. It's not great with you know the whole ecosystems without the decks on Immutable is an attractive place for them to put to launch a token. So, you know, the, the ZKVM will solve and check out and um, passport. And when that system comes together, you'll see games, um, you know, stick with the mutual, I'd say, and not look for little parts to go off and just do the NFTs only. And also, the, you know, there's other, like Star Heroes link, uh, did a tweet today or, yeah, today or 20 hours ago about, you know, Arbitrum. Symbol in in the binoculars with the, their game symbol in the other binocular side, so it's like looks like they might be looking at options off immutable if that means the whole game or their token or who knows. 
you might be just a token, but the bottom line is Immutable needs to seek AEVM to come sooner rather than later. Um, but also at the same time, people go, oh, we're building 50 games on our chain. It doesn't matter. All that matters is the top five or six games because the top five or six games will dwarf the revenue of any, any like combined. Like the top game will dwarf all the rest of the games put together in terms of revenue. Like if there's a hundred million player game, and that's on any chain, that chain's going to get a massive boost. It'll be more revenue from that one game than the rest of all the other uh, Web3 games combined. Yeah, I, so, I, I agree with that statement too. Um, we're going to see uh, a very large uh, number of transactions as well as um, a robust ecosystem that's really going to make everything kind of look dwarfed, if you will. Um and yeah, I, I'm looking forward to see how it how it pans out. Like you said, with the Arbitrum um, and Star Heroes, and and what the Immutable team can do to make sure that the um, the quality stays with Immutable, and to make sure that the execution of the ZKA EVM uh, implementation gets uh, gets done you know and that and that's that's a huge point yeah and uh i think we mentioned we've talked about this in in the in to ourselves in the past and i've heard it from other people that you know the smaller players don't get as good a treatment from immutable as the bigger players and it's not a it's not a thing by design or something that immutable wants to do it's just a a, they're a victim of their own success that they're so big and so much interest in them and they're growing themselves from just 2017, you know, to, it was only like a hundred employees a year ago. Um, so, you know, they, they're, they're growing fast, but they're getting their devs up to speed to be able to support these games to help the smaller players. And I've heard a little bit lately that there's a little bit more time coming for the smaller players, but that could also be, you know, uh, you know, if a game's going to get, a thousand players, and then you got a Luvium that needs your hand right now. Where are you going to put your resources, mate? You know, you're going to put it into the game that's already got a 20,000 player base that are interested in playing the game. You know, um, already before the game's even nearly any, anywhere near out. So absolutely, yeah. and and listen to this, okay? From yeah. the GameStop and Alluvium disc sale, Alluvium had gotten over 10,000 new emails for their beta signup mm. with with like half of the the discs gone they had already uh, amassed 10,000 new unique emails that have signed up for the beta that's huge so at this time I'd like to thank everybody for listening again uh episode two of gamers galaxy and we will be back next week with a little special guest tomahawk